Bretto, the Brisbane Wellness Base Camp is done, but that doesn't mean it's all over because we're coming to Adelaide. Hey, Adelaide. We love Adelaide. The first Wellness Couch event in Adelaide and a very special announcement is that your mate, the great Damien Christoph, and my mate, 100 Not Out mate, is coming to join us. Oh, it's going to be a ripper. We twisted his arm. We forced him to come along. And he's great, Damo. He's always funny. Don't tell him I said that. But he's always a wealth of information as well. And people love him. He's just got a great way of getting the nutrition message across in a way that allows people to make real sustainable changes. You know, it wasn't that uh, you had to twist his arm. He had the FOMOs and not coming to Brisbane. So he's jumping (laughs) on the plane, coming over to Adelaide. It's Saturday, April 7. Two for one tickets are available with the code... I love Damo. That's 197 bucks for two tickets, less than 100 bucks per person. Saturday, April 7 in Adelaide. Damien Christoph, Kim Morrison, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, Brett Hill, myself. Saturday, April 7, the Wellness Base Camp. Get your two for one tickets with the code I love Damo. Bretto, see you there. See you there. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, it gives me great pleasure. I am so excited to speak to the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. I love him to bits. He is my brother from another mother. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. How are you? I miss you, mate. I miss you, God honest. I know. Uh, I miss you. Yes. A lot happening in our respective lives at the moment. And, uh, <laughs> Isn't it? Both the ups interesting time. and the downs. Uh, I don't like saying the good and the bad because it's all good. We're alive. Um, we've got a life to live. We've, we're on the roller coaster of life and um, we're not going to go into all the details, but we'll go into some of the hairy, gory details because we're very real on 100 Not Out. There is no lying. There is no... We throw each other the bus without telling each other and we love it because we're cheeky and we think it's fun and we laugh and we crack it and we do everything. Speaking of which, Damo. Yes. Your most recent episode of The Wellness Guys where yes. you interviewed me on the fly. <laughs> you had to calm me down because I, I started I? swearing. Uh, <laughs> I, used, I used words which shouldn't really be said on air. Um, they were terse. They, they were, were terse, terse. Um, but they were inspired swear words. You know, it was coming yes. out of love. Uh, but you know, a fair bit of feedback on that. Fair bit of feedback. The people hadn't seen that light of me that you had drawn out on that episode. So if you haven't listened to the most recent episode of the Wellness Guys, um, yes. do go back and out. I think it's called the Wellness Couch Community. We're talking about the community. But on that very episode, Damo. I yep. was so excited, and, and I'm going to repeat it here because people may not have listened to the episode. Um, we'll forgive them for that. But uh, you confirmed on this episode of The Wellness Guys that you are going to be joining Brett, Kim Morrison, myself, and JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado at the Wellness Base Camp in Adelaide. You're coming to Adelaide. <laughs> I am, I am, and uh, I did have a discussion with Amber about that last night. She said, "What are you going to Adelaide for?" And I, and she said, "I said, oh, it's for the base camp." She goes, "Oh, I didn't think you were going to that." 
And I said, oh, well, I kind of got uh, uh, railroaded. And, oh, uh, so no, you me. put it on me. You put it on me. You blamed poor old MP. <laughs> now your uh, wife thinks I'm but, some know, prison warden with a – Railroaded. Railroaded with a, is what I was told. With a baton in my arm. Yep. Smashing, yep. smashing your heart over the digital – uh, airwaves that we live in. The interweb. Giving you a digital Chinese burn saying, come to Adelaide. Yeah, you and Bretto, you're railroading me. No, no, I'm actually very, very happy to be going. I'm excited about it. I've been telling lots of people, got some promotions going. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward to it, mate. That'll be um, – so the most recent wellness base camp in Brisbane was the Wellness Couch's first event in 12 months since the wellness mm. breakthrough that ULT, Bretto and I did together. And then yes. this wellness base camp in Adelaide will be the first event by the wellness couch that you and Bretto do as the uh, new version of the wellness guys. How's that? How is that? Not it's not out. Like I think it's I think it's 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 fascinating. It's taken so long to get there, but I think it's also great because it just it's a line. It's a it's a point. It's a mark um, that marks. You know, a new direction. It's, mar- it's marking the future. So, if you listeners are as excited as I am um, that Damo is coming to Adelaide, Saturday, April 7, for the Wellness Base Camp, Kimmy Morrison, Brett Hill, Damo, myself, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, Saturday, April 7, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com and when you click register, there'll be a little promo code space and you hit, you enter the words, I love Damo, I-L-O-V-E, Damo. And you'll get two for one tickets. It's only 197 bucks, so less than 100 bucks per person uh, for the wellness base camp. <laughs> cannot wait, cannot wait. But amongst all the good news, Damo, um, on that very same episode of the wellness guys, I must say I was floored um, by the news that your grandfather, who gets a fair mention on 100 Not Out, had mm. had a fall. Uh, the good news is, yeah. as you've told me, that he is on the improve. But for those people that don't know, can you just um, explain what happened to Papa? Yeah, so um, it, was, it was a couple of Sundays ago, I, uh, I gave him a call and he didn't answer the phone. I thought that's very strange. Um, so I called again and left a message on the answering machine and just kept talking just in case he was making his way to the answering machine or the phone and he didn't make it. And then I thought, oh, that's very weird. I hope he hasn't had a fall. thought I'd give my mum a call and gave her a call and she didn't pick up the phone. I thought, oh, that's very strange. She always picks up the phone um, when I call. Um, or when my brother calls, and so um, I thought, very, very strange. So I just let it go for a couple of hours, then mum called back, and she said um, that Papa had had a fall and that he was in the hospital. And so uh, he'd been taken to the hospital um, with a lot of blood, and they weren't too sure where it was coming from, and uh, and so and he was you know, quite out of it, didn't really know where he was or what was going on. So um, I went to the hospital. He'd fallen, um, tripped, because Papa's – you know, he has he's decreased his mobility. He's not moving as much as what he thought he would. Um, but he, you know, he doesn't move as much as what we thought he would, or you know, that he probably should. He sits down a lot through the day, and he now shuffles. He doesn't really take full steps. He shuffles, and so we think he caught his feet on the edge of the pavement, and then he's fallen sideways and landed with his ear first on the very, very sharp edge of a brick chimney um, of his house on the outside, and it's cut his ear in half, basically. Oh. And um, 
Yeah, and so there's blood everywhere. He's knocked himself out, and he's been very dis- disoriented. Uh, he was very disoriented for the first five to six days ish of um, of being in hospital, and I was there. I've been there every day except for the last couple of days, um, just checking in, checking in, and seeing how he's going. And he's made um, you know incredible progress, but. There's just some really interesting things, you know, when there was a review done of his medication because, you know, at the age of 90, I, th- I think you and I spoke about this on a podcast, maybe it was on the Wellness Guys many years ago, um, that when my grandfather turned a certain age, he went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, what medica- what medicines do you want? And he said, I'm not on any medicines. And they said, oh, we've got to have you on some medicines. We better change that so, then. <laughs> yeah. So he went on to, he didn't never, he's been vegetarian with a diet, poor diet for his whole life, but never ever um had a cholesterol issue but they put him on to statin drugs just in case he got a cholesterol issue at 85 or 90 or something you know you kind of go why would you do that anyway then he started getting some side effects from that and went back to the doctor the doctor said oh we better give you something to fix that and then that became a bit of a problem and he started um having some other pains and so they started giving him paracetamol and then he went from paracetamol into um, morphine derivatives or um, opioid derivatives so codeine morphine then that stopped working so then he went on to um, pain neuro medication so Lyrica and all those sorts of things and so he was on a cocktail of around 16 different drugs um, a day 16 yeah right this is a guy who struggles to eat breakfast because it's too much food to have one to two slices of toast in the morning and a cup of tea and he's having to get 16 tablets down in a day, right? This is the shame, the the, the disgrace. Hang in there, hang poor, in there, hang in poor there. Poor quality medicine because there's there. great doctors out there. There's great people. That we spoke to doctors. one on a recent episode of 100 Not Out, Alice Murkies. Alice Murkies, yeah, Daughter of Ada. Beautiful. We were talking yep. about you are going to catch up with Ada and maybe Alice and take your grandfather along and – yeah, yep. and then know. and then you had a fall. So anyway, I'm catching up with Alice next week, which I'm really looking forward to doing. Um, but when there's a prescription of medication without um, due cause, without diagnosis, and and it's indis- <laughs> and it's indiscriminate, just based on your age, um, that that's a disgrace. Anyway, the diagnosis so was you're not on the any hospital. Medication. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. So went to the hospital medication review. He's off all of his pain medication, all of it, all of his pain medication, and he has no pain. Like, he's in no pain. So he's been on this pain medication for a number of years, and it's possible that this pain medication has been causing, um, you know, dysfunction, disorientation, confusion, um, lack of sensation, lack of awareness of where he is. But he's sharper now than what he was before having his fall. Like yeah. he, he's actually brighter and more has more clarity. His eyes are brighter. He's sitting up straighter than what he you know than what he was before. I actually think he was so drugged up that he was getting confused because he he, lost- he's now nowhere near what he was um, before he had the fall. Like we all were commenting, geez, Papa's you know really struggling at the moment and he's going downhill really fast. But I tell you what, what his ascendancy um, from you know. He, he's basically, it seems like he's stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Mm. He's, he's jumped out of the grave and back up to the, you know, back up to the pulpit. You well, know, this, he's back up there doing everything right. Yeah, and this is what, you know, I said to you before we recorded, you know, let's talk about resilience because your papa sounds like you said there, he's brighter than he was. Uh, he almost seems, based on your words, like grateful that he's got another opportunity. 
Um, yeah. Don't want to say bouncing off the walls, but, you know, I'm visualising it. Is he 98, 99? Nice pun. He turns yeah. 98 in four weeks. Oh, sorry, 99 in four 90, weeks. 99 in four weeks. So, you know, I, go, I know 99-year-olds don't bounce off the walls, but you know what I mean. He's <laughs> up and about. No, um, yes. But it's the resilience that, that strikes me, and I feel like it sounds so weird to say this, but I've been close to tears or welling up uh, regularly this week because there's just so much stuff happening. I'm not going to name yeah. names, but you know, we want to give a massive shout-out to one of our most loyal Wellness Couch uh, listeners and, and tribe members who – uh, sent you and I and, and Brett and LT um, one of the most um, inspiring yet disturbing emails that I think I've read in my life. Um, yeah, I read it two days after the base camp. Uh, so on this natural high of um, you know so much love in the wellness couch community and so much gratitude and and then we get this email from our listener saying thank you guys so much for what you do your community and your legacy and I know it would have been hard you've all got families to feed and your podcast for nothing and you've been doing it for years and dot 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 I have stage 4 cancer and I have two young children and dot 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 I'm not going to whinge and moan about it I'm just going to work through it and all the rest of it and anyway it was so hard to read and um, I just can't help but think what type of resilience it would take, and I have no concept of it, of what it would take to go through such a challenge. My whole visual on this was this listener has two young children. So naturally, you start thinking of your kids and your family and all the rest of it. I think it's a bit close to home in our family because Sarah's sister-in-law, Renee, passed away of cancer age 39 uh, with two kids. Um, mm. uh, they, they live up yeah. here, so it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, cl- it's cl- close to home, but I tell you what, Damo, we hear these types of stories, but then there's also been other events in our weeks which, and we won't mention people because that just wouldn't be nice, but there's other other events in our weeks where it seems so small-minded uh, what some people are um, <laughs> whinging and moaning about. Yeah. yeah, insignificant really insignificant. at the end of the day. Sometimes mm. my mum my has a brutal one-liner, but she's so spot on. She always is. My mum's always right. Hello, mother darling. Um, some people, Marcus, just need a tragedy in their life to know what's really important. And no one likes to hear it, but tragedies make you really realize what's a tragedy or the threat of tragedy makes you realize what's important in life. And I don't know where I'm going with this, Damo, but you're a few years older and wiser than I am. What's your read on this? Because it just feels like there's a lot, the roller coaster's going up or the roller coaster's going down. There's not, there's not much in the middle at the moment. Um, so what I said is the interesting thing about this is that the person with the least resilience uh, in these sorts of situations would roll over on their side, sucking their thumb in a corner, rocking, rocking backwards and forwards, going, this is all too tough, this is all too tough, this is all too tough. Though, and, and that there is the person who might say, well, I live in the moment and I don't need a plan for the future or everything's going to fall into place and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, um, the ability to get up from these things and recognize ebbs and flows as just a normal part of life um, and that, you know, where there's push, there comes shove and mm. where, or where there's pull, there's, there's push, you know, whatever the metaphor is, there's, it's never going to be linear and good. Mm. It could be um, up for a little bit and down for a little bit, up for a little bit, down for a little bit. The weather's not always 26 degrees and sunny. Um, it's it, there's always ebbs and flows. Plants don't grow at the same pace all the time. People don't heal at the same pace all the time. People's love and emotion doesn't develop at the same pace all of the time. And so, 
what we're experiencing at the moment is ebb and flow, and this challenges even the most resilient. And unfortunately, I like to think of myself as reasonably resilient. Doesn't mean that these things don't annoy me or get yes, me down or yes. sadden me or whatever. Amen, else. sister. <laughs> we did a podcast on this once before. Um, am I having a bad day or is it the end of the world or something like that? <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's interestingly, interestingly similar themes, right? Yeah, so yeah, we, we yes. kind of go, well, these are the ebbs and flows of life. Now, if you think about a 99-year-old, there's been ebbs and flows. So everything from um, being born during the Depression um, and the end of the First World War yeah. into growing through the Depression and then going and serving in the Second World War and then moving out of that into a rebuild phase of Australia um, and then having to build your own home with your own hands because there weren't enough builders around wow. and then living off virtually no money and feeding your children bread um, and having multiple children because you're Catholic and, you know, you couldn't use contraception in those days and all of that sort of stuff, even if you couldn't afford them. <laughs> and it's just growing and growing and growing and then just getting through and then getting to 60, which is where the government thought you were meant to die and yes. so you had to work. Yes. So you went onto a pension, so you went onto a pension. And uh, and so that, that essentially then meant that, um, you know, your, you, your value years had expired. So you then either make your value years, um, be, you know, as as greater or more significant with the family, you with your family. So you, you know, in my case, my grandmother and my grandfather came and worked for me. Oh, not worked for me. Worked for our family by, you know, helping my mum out, mowing the lawn or making meals or whatever. While my mum was, you know, uh, out working, trying to put money, mm. on, you know, food on the table and looking after Troy and myself. And so they gave themselves some degree of purpose. So then, you know, children leaving home, children going through divorces, um, grandchildren getting into trouble, grandchildren having children, um, wife dying, and then you're 85 and you're expected to keep on going and aiming for 100 and you get to 99 and you have a fall. And uh, and your, your kids feel the need to have to put you into a into a, a facility that's going to be safer for you and protecting you, but you don't want to leave your home. And so you go, there's, each of those things represents ebbs and flows. And so, and, and if you roll over and suck your thumb and sit in the corner and pull the pin on stuff because it all gets a little bit too hard, most people, you know, will expire pretty early in their life. But the resilience of my grandfather to be approaching 99 and have faced a number of different challenges along the way. Um, and, you know, there's so many different things, but a number of, so many different highs. So there's great highs and there's great lows in life and your ability to get through those and out of those and learn from those I think is really, really important. And, and I've had some ebbs and flows in my life and MP, you've had some ebbs and flows in your life. Sure have. And, um, and you've got to be able to get out of them. So getting out of them, that's what, I, that's what I'm curious about because many people stay in it for their whole life and then the story just gets bigger and bigger. My mum did this, my dad did this, my job did this and I got screwed over here and the rest of it. Like, what do you say, wise man? You know, like you said, you can crack it. You can crack it with the best of them. I can crack it. We can all crack it. But when do you step back and go, hold on a minute, like, okay, you're kind of done there. You know, I've vented. I've got it out of my system. I can see how it happened. It's all, it serves me. Uh, I get it, and now I move on. Like, 
Yeah. That's where people get stuck. And I'm, I'm fascinated in your view on this from a, like a crack your stress code perspective because I'm like, what level on the stress ladder, uh, you know, people get stuck on and they, and they can't kind of, well, they really struggle to undo it. Is it because they don't want to be wrong? Is it because they don't want to admit that maybe it is okay to forgive and, and move on? They don't have to forget. But where do you think the, the, the struggle is there? There is definitely um, an inability for a lot of people to forgive and forget these days. It used to be a principle that was espoused to in different religions, you know, forgive and forget. Um, But now it's not so much um, a moral thing but a decision whether or not you choose to forgive or forget, you know, an event. You know, it used to be one of those things that you used to pray for support with so that you could actually get, you know, to a point where you could forgive someone and forget what they did. Um, but these days, a lot of people really struggle with that whole acceptance of an apology. But the other thing is, too, a lot of people really struggle to apologize. And, oh, yeah, and yeah, that, 100%, yeah. you know, some people just can't say sorry. Um, Amber always says to me, the first person to say sorry wins. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because when you, when you say sorry, you actually can't get angry at anybody anymore. You change the whole mood sorry, of the room. You change the whole mood of the room. Different. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think the people will struggle to let go of stuff until they can acknowledge that there's been um, – th- that there is something that's worth forgiving and forgetting and there's something that's worth saying sorry for. Until they until they can reach that point, then they're going to really struggle to get over something because it's always going to eat away at them. And when you don't say sorry or you feel like you must be right, my personal view is that you shut yourself off from learning anything about the experience. Because you're mm. so fixed and stuck to your belief or whatever it is that you, there's nothing to learn from it. You, you refuse. You, you're just like a closed book. Um, yeah. I don't know who said it. It might have been, it could, it could have been Tony Robbins, it could have been someone else. But you know, there's always two options you've got curiosity or judgment. And uh, yes. I kind of turn that into you've got uh, questions or statements. Because judgments yeah. are always in statements, curiosity is always in questions. And most people yes. that are determined to be right, they're always making statements. And yeah. most people yeah. that are prepared to apologize and, and, and forgive are more likely to ask questions. Well, what role did I yeah. have to play here? How did I contribute to this problem? Um, you know, it's the good old pointing the finger in rather than pointing the finger out. So, oh, gosh, it's heavy. It's, it's been heavy. interesting. It's interesting. Oh. It's a very interesting time, very interesting time. But, uh, you know, you do – when you started this particular podcast, mate, you – you spoke of resilience, um, and I think it's important to, um, to to consider what are the attributes of someone who does show resilience. And there is that get up and go mentality. Um, if we think about those people that we've interviewed, and we've interviewed quite a few Holocaust survivors, each of them have forgiven um, mm. what happened to them in the Holocaust, and they're aging well and have done a really great job at it. Um, you very rarely find someone who gets to the end of their days who who's lived a long, healthy, well life and still has resentment. Yeah. You, you know, the other thing happen. is they're emotionally, they're, they're still, they're not emotionally detached from it. That's the whole thing that I find no. interesting. It's not like they go and, they're it sounds not. so brutal, that they go and meditate in a room and to detach themselves from the experience. They actually just thank God or whoever they believe in for that experience because that was their life. And that's what they experienced. And they're, they're going to forgive. They're not going to forget. They can't forget. Ada Merkies isn't going to forget that she walked 700 kilometers from Warsaw to Berlin trying to track down Hitler. But she forgives the, the 
perpetrators. She understands that that was her life and the rest of it. But that's they don't try and emotionally detach from it. They could still cry about it if they really wanted to. That's where I feel like it's hundred percent. It's it's the world. It's still emotionally detached. Yeah, I think it's a good process to go through and. You know, I think, you know, you and I have been through um, the breakthrough experience to you know, try to balance up the emotion with things. I don't, I think when I was first doing, and tell me, you know, if I was probably, I, I think I was probably doing it wrong, but tell me, MP, if you think I was, no, I was looking at the breakthrough experience in the, in the wrong way. Um, I thought that you needed to get to a point where you're emotionally devoid. Um, and so you balanced out all of the logic and all of the events and you became very, very logical about situations, which kind of made me feel like I actually wasn't emotionally attached. But what it appears to be in terms of the success of a breakthrough or a collapse process is to go through all of the logical components, still retain some emotion of it, um, which is part of the lesson. But yeah. you know, with use logic to dissolve any kind of charge that you might have on it. Charge is different to emotion. Yeah, and I think there's a few one-liners that stand out and absolutely that is not wrong at all. I think there's a few different one-liners that stand out. One is um, I always remember Demartini saying indifference is not the outcome here. To be indifferent yes. to things where it's almost like you don't care if someone dies, you don't care if someone's born, it just happens and it's like you're not engaged in life. And then the other, yeah. the other thing that hits me as you talk there is I just remember, you know, he would always say just love both sides. So love the birth, but love the death, you know, and as, yeah. and that's where that that I think is the challenge. Is like people go, how can you love death? And I, I said the other day at the base camp, you know, my mum's one of fifteen, and the only reason why that is is because my uh, my my pa's first wife died giving birth to the tenth child, and then my nana came along at thirty three years of age, took over ten kids, and had five of her own. Now, without sounding brutal, <laughs> if, if 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 Anne Seymour didn't die giving birth to the tenth child, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. My mum wouldn't have been born and none of this would have happened. And so I thank Anne Seymour for dying when she gave birth to my Auntie Christine, not because I wanted her dead, but because her death gave me life. Yeah. And yeah. brutal, yes, but life is brutal. Grateful as all get out, incredible. But I don't think it can be um, indifferent. I think that's, that's, that's the challenge in any of this because you do see, and I know we're going over time, but you see a lot in personal growth where people have become, they have become indifferent. They don't feel it. They don't feel anything anymore, and that's that's hard to watch. I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good chat. MP. Oh, great chat, and I miss you, mate. I can't wait to see you in April. It's coming up quick. I think it's only uh, four or five weeks as we record this. So again, for the urgency addicts out there, um, there might not be any tickets left if you go and get some in the last couple of days. But now's a good time. Use the code I love Damo because we do love you, Damo. I love Damo over at thewellnessbasecamp.com. If you're in Victoria, they might know what you reckon. I mean, people can fly, but I've got this. I've got this vision of two or three car loads or bus loads doing a roadie, <laughs> doing a road trip. They might do over a roadie. You might see, we might yeah. see a whole bunch of people, Jody, you might see Wendy, you might see a whole bunch of those girls just jumping in the car and heading over, jumping uh, and, in the Hilux. And I must say, um, Cara Henstridge, who's been listening to The Wellness Couch pretty much since day yes, one. Yes, Cara. Massive effort. Yep. To just think of, of Cara Henstridge who came and was an exhibitor at The Wellness Base Camp. It was almost like a really um, big step forward, I felt, to have to have her as an exhibitor at an event. Um, obviously, uh, what Wendy Stewart's done has been uh, fabulous and condolences to Wendy, whose who's mother passed away recently. Um, but to see, you know, again, a bit like the email we received from our very loyal listener um, earlier in the week, um, 
the tribe has done remarkable things over the last six or seven years, and it's not going to be any different the next six or seven years. And this week for both of us, whilst there's been some lows, there's also been some really beautiful reminders of just what impact um, the network has had on people's lives. And so, thank you for your contribution to that legend. Ah, thanks, legend. Thanks, mate. Well done for all that you're doing. You're doing a great job with the catch. Well Thank done, you. mate. Thank you very much. Guys, we have appreciated your support of this podcast uh, for all of the 250-plus episodes. We can't wait to have you again on 100 Not Out next week. Remember, to find out more about the great man Damien, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Uh, big shout-out to everyone who makes this podcast possible. That's Joseph, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, and everyone involved with the couch. We can't wait to see you at the Wellness Base Camp in Adelaide. All the details at thewellnessbasecamp.com. And until next time, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.